Some of us are setting our expectations pretty high for Hurricanes football this coming season. So what has to happen to avoid disappointment? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So I brought up the possibility of disappointment because I was looking at this college football piece, a featured piece on Bleacher Report. And they display six programs in 2022 that they think are likely to disappoint their fans this year. And the very first team that they put on their list were the Miami Hurricanes. They hate us because they ain't us, right? People love talking about the U. We've got a little bit of buzz and then the haters are coming out of the woodwork. So Here's what they say about Miami. First, they give you their championship odds, Miami plus 9,000. So that means if you fly over to Vegas or if you you know, check out the odds with our friends, betonline.net, you place a $100 bet on the Canes. If they win the national championship, you win $9,000 on that $100 bet. That doesn't sound so bad to me, my friends. Miami's over-under win total is 8.5. Here's what they write about the Canes supposedly setting us up for disappointment. It's the same old song and dance, right? They say Miami has typically had a talented roster that underperforms on the field. I see no lies there, if I'm being honest, but, you know, different coaching staffs. They continue following a 10 win season and legitimate college football playoff flirtation back in 2017. The Hurricanes have managed a 28 and 18 regular season mark that has included some truly inexplicable losses. Again, I see no lies there. Still, the debut season for Mario Cristobal could be quite strong, they say. Tyler Van Dyke is still one of the nation's most promising quarterbacks. While trips to Texas A&M and Clemson loom large, Miami isn't lacking for talent relative to the ACC Coastal. But the Canes have numerous uncertainties, they say. Who will step up at receiver after the departures of Charleston Rambo and Mike Harley Jr.? Actually, they're right about that. Again, I feel like whoever wrote this must watch this show because they're hitting on a lot of our big-time topics here on Locked on Canes. Will the running game stop being toothless, they say? Can the defense tackle consistently? Does a transfer-filled defensive line have a reliable pass rusher, they say? Cristobal's arrival has already been a huge victory for the recruiting trail, but Miami needs to win. I thought that the synopsis was fantastic, actually. I, I think that they hit on all the big storylines. I just, I don't really see why they put Miami on top of their list as teams likely to disappoint their fans because you look at the rest of their list. I agree with a lot of it. I think there's one team that they're definitely leaving out. So they've got Miami at the top of their list. Then they have the Texas Longhorns. I think Texas could have been at the top of the list. Like, Te- Miami was seven and five last year. Texas was five and seven last year. Zero players drafted last year. Miami had one player drafted. Texas had zero. And yet the Longhorns, they've got a lot of buzz the way Miami has a lot of buzz. I think Texas has even more buzz than Miami has right now. 
Uh, so I agree that they could potentially disappoint. They got the Wisconsin Badgers next on the list. Then they have the Notre Dame Fighting Irish on the list. Yeah, I don't think Notre Dame is going to follow up uh, getting into the college football playoff like they did last year. Then they've got the Texas A&M Aggies as number five. That's interesting because Miami and Texas A&M go head-to-head this year. So if Texas A&M and Miami are both destined to disappoint their fans, does that mean maybe Texas A&M will disappoint their fans when Miami comes in and beats them? Or do they like end the game in a tie and they both disappoint their fans? Uh, And then the last one on their list are the Utah Utes. I was a little surprised that USC didn't make their list because I feel like USC has a ton of buzz this year. Uh, And I've even had people asking questions to the show and you can follow us on Twitter at locked on canes, follow us and we we will follow you back. And when you tweet us at locked on canes, we'll probably answer it. We may answer it on the show. I had a couple people tweeting us like, you know, after the AP rankings came out, Miami's number 16, by the way, we did a video on that yesterday uh, and a, and an audio podcast on that as well yesterday. You know, why USC is like everybody has them in their top 10. And, you know, Lincoln Riley, great coach, but he's a media darling. Like, and they had a very good transfer portal, USC, good recruiting, same as Miami. Uh, but I think USC, if anything, they're a little overrated because I think that they're definitely not better than Oregon or Utah within their own conference and they get a ton of buzz. So I thought USC was one that was left off the list. Uh, and I find it a little bit curious that the very first team that they mention are the Miami Hurricanes. But listen, with some of the things that they're saying, um, I definitely co-sign on the question marks at wide receiver because, folks, you're not going to want to hear this because we talked about Saturday in the top secret scrimmage. There were reportedly some drops in that scrimmage, according to reports. And then Monday in practice, there were a lot of drops. So Miami's receivers are having trouble so far finding consistency. We saw it in the spring. We're now seeing it in the fall. We've got less than three weeks before Miami starts playing games. Uh, We've got a little over a month before they play a really tough game in College Station, Texas. So you're going to have to clean these drops up. But the receiver, the receiver thing, yes, that's still a question mark. Right. I mean, I'm not worried about the tight end room. Um, Yeah, I'd like to see Will Mallory block a little bit more. But as a receiving tight end, I'm not worried about Will Mallory. Elijah Arroyo is going to blow up this year. Um, I've got a lot of expectations for Jaleel Skinner. There's a couple of receivers I have high expectations for. I think Xavier Restrepo is going to catch a lot of balls out of the slot this year. But yeah, what they say about the wide receiver room is very valid that You know, you've got a Lamborghini playing quarterback for you in Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, I referred to him last week or a couple weeks ago as a Rolls Royce, and somebody didn't like that. compare. I don't know if they just don't like Rolls's or maybe they break down all the time. I don't know. I'm going to call Tyler Van Dyke a Lamborghini, a quarterback. But, you know, if you you don't know how to drive a stick, the Lambo's not going to get you very far. So we need these wide receivers to be able to catch some passes to allow Tyler Van Dyke to have the type of dominant year that I think he's going to have. So the wide receiver thing I think is fair. They also ask, will the running game continue to be toothless? I don't think so. I think the running game is someplace you are going to see gigantic statistical improvement this year. Big part of it is coaching. Josh Gaddis, um, 
and Alex Mirabal and the blocking scheme that Miami's going to run. And they're really going to emphasize running the football and the offensive line is going to be very well coached. So part of its coaching and part of its personnel. Now, we did get some bad news. We don't have the full extent of the bad news yet, but we did get some bad news yesterday that the injury suffered by true freshman running back, who I think was going to play a, an important role this season, Trevante Citizen, suffered a lower body injury in the scrimmage on Saturday. Mario Cristobal described that injury as significant. We don't yet have the final diagnosis or the final word as to exactly what the injury is and exactly how long he's going to be out. But everything that I'm hearing over the past 24 hours is not good. So I think Citizen is going to end up missing significant time, which is unfortunate. But even despite that, between Jalen Knighton and Henry Parrish, who are both looking very good so far in camp, and Don Chaney, who's looking very good back healthy, and Thad Franklin, Miami is at least four deep at the running back position. So the running game, in my humble opinion, will be anything but toothless. So I can give you no guarantees on the wide receivers, stopping, dropping passes, but I, I can give you darn near guarantees that the running back room is going to be a big-time strength of this team. So I know that that was one of their questions. They also say, does a transfer-filled defensive line have a reliable pass rusher i expect the answer to that question will also be yes uh between mesador and agude and uh you know you got some good defensive tackles as well in moultrie and daryl jackson who we're really high on on this show and you know guys who have been here like jafari harvey i think can step up big time uh, and even a couple of the true freshmen, I think, can step up. I, I, I think Miami is going to be, you know, they they had a down year last year when it came to sacks. They had a down year last year. I think Miami is going to be trending up big time from a pass rushing standpoint, and it's going to make a thin linebacking core look better because the defensive line is going to be uh, wreaking havoc in the backfield. That's going to make life a lot easier for a linebacking core that's not very deep. And it's going to make life a lot easier for a loaded secondary, which is going to have the opportunity to pick off a lot of passes if quarterbacks are running for their lives and forcing some questionable throws. So, um, you know, out of those questions that they ask, uh, I think everything is trending up, except we need more time to figure out the consistency at wide receiver. And guys, to avoid disappointment, and you also have to ask yourself, what do you consider to be disappointment this year? I think... Anything less than nine wins. You know, the over-under you saw was eight and a half. I think anything less than nine wins, I would consider to be a disappointing season. There are levels to disappointment. Eight wins might be a mild disappointment. Six or seven wins, tremendous disappointment. But I think anything under nine games, that's where I draw the line in the sand, okay? When we come back, I want to talk about the X-factor players who are going to help you grind out wins. When you think about Miami at seven and five last year, how close they were to being a nine or 10 win team, leaving just a play or two on the field in so many of their losses, right? You think about how close Miami was, and maybe if they'd made a few of those plays, Mario Cristobal wouldn't be here right now. So it might be a blessing in disguise, but Miami needs the X factors to line up this year. So I have compiled my own list of Hurricanes football players who are a little bit less heralded I'm not going to give you guys like 
Tyler Van Dyke and James Williams and Leonard Taylor, who are big name guys who were all expected to do big things this year. I'm going to give you unheralded Hurricanes players who may not be number one in the depth chart at their position, who I think are going to be X factors this year and are going to help you be the difference between seven or eight wins or nine, 10, 11 wins that these X factor players are the ones who are going to step up and make the difference. We got some good submissions from you guys as well. Also on this episode, we have some, uh, some rumblings about recruiting potential flips, but not the way we like them, not flipping players to Miami, potentially flipping players from Miami that I want to get to. Uh, and actually a really delightful note from a legendary former Miami Hurricanes head coach that we're going to get to on this episode. Keep it locked to Locked on Canes. BetOnline.net, we talked about them. All these betting odds, plus 9,000, the Hurricanes to win the championship, over under 8.5. You can check these numbers out at BetOnline. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sporting wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening right now. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So some X factors, players who are maybe a little bit less heralded, who I think should, could, and will step up this year to be the difference in seven or eight wins versus nine, 10, 11 wins. Miami wants to try and steal a win at Texas A&M or Clemson or both. You're going to need some of these guys to step up. Wide receiver. We just talked about it being a potential liability. A lot of drop passes in practices still. Romello Brinson and Colby Young can be gigantic X factors at that spot because the guys who get most of the chatter, um, obviously Frank Ladson transferring in from Clemson, Keyshawn Smith started every game last year on the outside. Jacoby George is a candidate to start. He's having a good camp, but I think you need one or both of Romello Brinson, who had the catch of the season last year. That one-handed touch, touchdown grab that he had was insane. Potential through the roof on this guy. And Colby Young, the transfer from junior college potential through the roof. He's just got to work on some of the fine-tuning things like his footwork, but Six foot four, blazing speed. You know, was uh, was watching some footage from him in practice the other day, uh, catching some balls in the end zone, and he, he looks the part. Gigantic, all runway team. I've met him in person. Colby Young looks fantastic out there. Coaches have had really good things to say about him. Uh, he's got the type of size Miami has been lacking and really needs in the wide receiver room. Uh, I think Romello Brinson and. Colby Young, both, if they can step up, it's going to make a huge difference this year. You know, I'll give you one at tight end. You know, obviously, oh, I can give you probably a couple at tight end because nobody talks about Khalil Brantley. Just as a receiving tight end, Khalil Brantley, so much talent. You know, everybody talks about the top three guys. Nobody talks about Brantley. 
You know, I, I think Khalil Brantley could step up and be an X factor catching some big balls. I don't know if he's going to be on the field a whole lot, but when he gets on the field, maybe score some touchdowns, get some first downs for you. But one of the guys who does get talked about, the true freshman, Jaleel Skinner, um, he looks to me like he's ready to make an impact year one, maybe a little bit skinny, but he's got the height, he's got the size, he's got the hands. Uh, I think he can make a big difference. You know, you go to the running back room, you know, the the top two, I really don't worry about at all. You know, Jalen Knighton really showed us last year, especially what he could do being the featured back. Uh, Henry Parrish, who did a lot of good things at Ole Miss, he's been contributing a lot in the fall. And then you've got, you know, X factors beyond that. And again, I think Trevante Citizen, unfortunately, is going to miss significant time this year. He would have been an X factor. But Don Chaney, Don Chaney coming off of season ending injury early last year on the knee. He's healthy. He is a complete back. Uh, I think Don Chaney is a big time X factor because we know for sure Miami is definitely too deep with, you know, starting caliber running backs. They could potentially be three deep in starting caliber guys. I'm not quite ready to put Thad Franklin in there. Maybe, maybe. But Don Chaney, I could put him in there. If he's fully healthy, Miami could have at least three starting caliber big-time running backs. Uh, look at some of the guys on the defense. You know, I we've got a few of them. Uh, I thought we got a great tweet from uh, Jay on Twitter. says, Al Blades Jr., Yes. Oh, my goodness. He's, you know, he's had so many unfortunate issues. He was dealing with myocarditis, had surgery. He's back. He's been healthy. I think for the past five months, he's been fully healthy. Al Blades is ready to go. Keep on that family legacy, the Blades family, one of the greatest groups of guys to ever put on the uniform. He's the son of Al Blades Sr. Uh, please, I hope he's a big factor this year. Um Blanding DJ says, I wouldn't say X factors because these guys we all know about. He says, Jacoby George and Leonard Taylor. Obviously, I hope both of them step up and have big years. Uh, at Cosmo251 on Twitter says, Gilbert Frierson. Yes, please give me some of that Frierson dominance. I love that. He looked really good in spring, had a really good spring game. He's going to play a major role at the star position, potentially a linebacker as well. I would love to see Gil have a big year. Um, a couple more that I throw in on my list, Avante Williams at safety. And I say that we know the safety room is deep, obviously. We know that between Kinchins, Avante, James, very, very deep at safety. But Avante is a guy who's looked, I think, especially good in fall practice so far. And I, I think he's really going to step up. And my, it's a great problem Miami has that they have, you know, three starting caliber safeties anywhere in the country, at least. Um, I also throw in. Daryl Jackson, a defensive tackle with his size and his length at DT. This guy's going to be dangerous. Um, and true freshman, Nigel E. Kelly at edge rusher. You know, he's he's ready to go. He already has the size and the girth at about 240, 245 pounds, making big gains in that strength room like a lot of these players are. Uh, I think Nigel Eek is someone who can step up and produce some sacks, TFL, wreak some havoc in the backfield. And then another one I'm going to throw in here, and obviously this guy is a he is a starter at his position, but this might be the single most important player that I bring up with any of these X factors because you think about how many games were so close for Miami and you had some key missed kicks last year. Andy Borgalis heading into his true sophomore season at starting kicker. 
part of the kicking Borigali family. You know, his uh, his brother Jose was in Tampa, just kicked against the Dolphins this past week, got iced uh, by Mike McDaniel, and it worked. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen to Andy again this year. But no, Andres Borigalis, Andy Borigalis, so promising that leg. You know, did miss some key kicks as a true freshman last year, but I know he's got the stuff. He's going to be in the Groza conversation. His brother won that award here a couple of years ago. I think Andy is going to be in the Lou Groza award conversation for the next few seasons, like his older brother. And yeah, if, if he can, cause I think Miami's going to have some close games again that come down to kicks at the end of it. If he can be clutch from 45 to 55 yards out, uh, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be talking about a special, special year. So I think Bory Gallus is going to be a big time X factor. And yeah, you could also say that about, Old man Lou Headley. I mean, Lou Headley, uh, field position, game changer. This guy's like 30. He's back for another year. One of the best punters in the country. So, yeah, there's a lot to be a lot to be excited about on special teams. Uh, it was interesting watching the comments after practice yesterday from transfer linebacker Caleb Johnson. Um, I'm not going to call him an X-factor because we've been talking for months about how important Caleb is going to be, how he could be the savior of that linebacking core. And Caleb, he said on Monday, uh, well, this first, this is what Mario Cristobal said about him, because Cristobal talked about him first, and then Caleb was asked about it. The light's coming on, Cristobal said about Caleb Johnson. And here's how, how Caleb responded that. He said, that's honestly what I felt like. All week of practice, I wasn't thinking about my assignment. It just clicked, and I was playing really fast, he said. I'd say I'm really getting adjusted, he said. He's been our best linebacker. He's going to be our best linebacker. Um, watch out for Caleb Johnson. He's going to have a really, really big year, especially if Miami's pass rush is also on point. Uh, because Caleb Johnson was able to look really good on a really bad overall defense at UCLA. So now if he's going to have more help, as long as Miami remembers how to tackle. Oh, and that was another one. They brought that up in the Bleacher Report piece about why Miami might disappoint everyone. Can they tackle this year? Um, I sure hope so. We're seeing good signs on that. They are working on tackling relentlessly because Kevin Steele, uh, the defensive coordinator, and of course, Mario Cristobal want to make sure that the errors, the fundamental errors of last year do not repeat themselves in 2022. So I've got to hope and I've got to think the overall team tackling is going to get better, okay? All right, I want to answer a couple more questions on the other side, plus something um, in recruiting, negative recruiting, that I see a few Hurricanes fans freaking out about. We will get to that and more when we come back. So keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. And thank you for making us your first Miami Hurricanes listen of the day. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey. So make sure you subscribe, guys. Hit that subscribe button. Sometimes we give you two episodes a day. We're free on YouTube as well, so make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, I've heard some chatter going around. I know some of you guys have seen this because I've seen it turn up in a couple of our show comments. Heard some rumors, and those are all that this is right now. They are rumors about the Washington Twins thinking about decommitting or flipping. Bobby Washington, the three-star linebacker. Robbie Washington, the four-star receiver. Again, just rumors at this point. Uh, as of right now, they're still locked in. 
And I certainly hope that there's no truth to it, or if there is truth to it, that it doesn't come to pass, that we don't lose these guys, especially Robbie. Um, Cause you know, you remember some of the rumblings with Jalen Brown, who about a month ago ended up committing to LSU, not Miami. Uh, there were reports that one of the reasons why Jalen Brown went elsewhere, five-star receiver out of Gulliver, was that he and Robbie didn't get along. Uh, so if we end up losing Robbie after not getting Jalen Brown, that would obviously be a massive disappointment. And I like I like Bobby as well at linebacker. Rob, Robbie is the you know the bigger time recruit there. But I I hope that these guys because you guys are watching. I love you both, and I want you to be Canes, man. So the school that I'm hearing has been really turning up the heat for them is Louisville. So watch out for Louisville. They are trying to basically revolutionize their roster with South Florida players, right? They just got a verbal from Stan Quan Clark, who was a Miami target. I, I think he was more of a target for the previous coaching staff than this one, but Miami was a finalist for Stan Quan, the linebacker. He chose Louisville. Um, Robert or William Foles, uh, the wide receiver, four-star guy, uh, avant-garde slash Dade Christian. He, he went to Louisville recently. So Louisville, uh, they're, they're trying to do what Charlie Strong used to do when he was coaching Louisville. It's come into South Florida and raid all the talent. And now they're, they're trying to flip guys. And again, I say this on the show a lot, because we talk sometimes on Locked on Canes about players. Miami is trying to flip from other schools like jury on Dickey. It is a double-edged sword. Same way Miami is trying to flip commits from other schools. Other schools are constantly trying to flip players from Miami. So watch out for Louisville on this one, okay? Got a, a question from Rocky Top Kane 904 on Twitter. He says, hey, what about the future of the cornerback room? From the projected depth chart I've seen, about four of the nine on it could be gone after this season. Any cornerbacks that you think should be top targets? And does the U land any top recruits there? So we already do have uh, for 2023 a four-star corner, Robert Stafford, who I think is going to do good things at the U. Um, and there are other guys we're looking at. Now, the thing is, with corner, a lot of the top guys are just waiting to make their announcements that they they're going to let this play out into the fall. Cause I know Miami is very hot on the heels of Damari Brown, who's a, a four-star I believe. And Damari has said, you know, he wants to watch Miami play, see how they look early in the season before he really makes up his mind about Miami. And you've also got, and it's going to be a battle. I know a lot of different schools think for sure, yeah, he's coming here. That's what that's what Florida fans will tell you. That's what Alabama fans will tell you. Talking about Cormani McLean, the top corner in the class out of Lakeland. Uh, Bama fans will tell you, no doubt, he's roll tide. Florida fans will tell you, no doubt, he's a Gator. Miami is very much in the mix there. And Cormani is not going to announce anything I believe, until signing day, probably early signing day. So that would be after the whole season finishes, right? So, yeah, you have an opportunity to play yourself into it or play yourself out of it for him, depending on how all these teams look. You would imagine Bama's going to be really good this year. You know, the jury is still out on Florida and Miami, what type of seasons they're going to have this year. But, um, and really, uh, I've been told for months, and I listen, I know Florida feels very confident there, but I've been told for months that it's really – Recruiting-wise, it's really been like a tug-of-war between Miami and Alabama 
for Cormani McLean, who's the top prize. So the Hurricanes have big fish that they are trying to reel in at cornerback um, before National Signing Day in December and then late signing day in February. But some of these guys are just – they're taking their time. They're not in any rush to make announcements, okay? Uh, let's see if we get uh, a, a couple more quick comments about the episode we did yesterday about Miami haters. We talked about this on yesterday – Yesterday's episode, Miami haters that are twisting Mario Cristobal's words where Cristobal talks about we have a lot of work to do. Miami haters are like jackals. They're jumping on those comments saying, you see, you see, you, you, your coach doesn't think you're any good. Your own coach thinks you guys are bad. Your own coach says you got a lot of work to do. He thinks you stink. Huh? Uh, BP writes to us. Listening to your haters podcast, he said, agree with you on the rivals twisting his words out of fear. I didn't even say fear. You said fear, not me, but I'll roll with it. If, if you think that they're scared of us, I'll, I'll roll with that. I never said that. You said it, but I like it. He says that fear stems from a coach actually speaking the truth compared to what they've been accustomed to, which is salesmen like Golden and Diaz spinning how wonderful everything is than the actual product telling a different story. One of Mario's biggest jobs is revamping a culture to, as you said, the actual standard, which is miles from slip and sliding after squeaking by UVA at home. It starts at the top and explaining to kids they aren't as great as they've been told they are is a tougher task than many realize. That's a great point. Point being, Mario's standard is the actual fear and their spin on that validates exactly that. That's I think, honestly, BP said it better than I did on yesterday's episode. That's very, very well said. Uh, Brian B.C. Castaldo writes to us, I'm guessing the people who are twisting Mario's words have never heard Nick Saban talk about his Alabama teams at any point over the last decade. That's true. And again, I'm not comparing Miami to Alabama, but coach speak. Nick Saban, like they they beat one of these uh, FCS teams by 100 points. And Nick Saban's like, oh, we're terrible. <laughs> Like if you just like if you didn't watch Alabama play ever and you only went by what Nick Saban says about his team and like you just read the quotes, you'd think they were six and six every year. <laughs> like Ma Mario has those same standards. Like Mario's never gonna tell you everything is sunshine and roses because no matter how good or how bad his team is, he's always gonna want them to be better and he's always gonna raise the standard as the play improves. Oh man, we I'm looking at my notes right now, folks. We left some stuff on the table we're going to have to talk about on tomorrow's episode because I still want to get to Jimmy Johnson saying some really, really nice things about Mario and the way the Canes are moving right now. So we're, we're it's going to be a long tease, guys. We're going to talk about this more tomorrow. We're also going to have recruiting tomorrow with John Garcia Jr. So thank you so much for making us your first listen. Go and make Locked on ACC your second listen every day. Candace Cooper and the local experts take you across the conference in 30 minutes. Make Locked on ACC your second listen. Thank you for making us your first. We'll talk to you next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.